Hello, welcome to Binge or Purge, episode six. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. We're back. Thanks for having me back, Demo. I might as well keep you around, I figured. Why not? A lot of people have things to do on Friday nights, but not me, so. Not me, not us. That's what keeps us together. We're losers on Friday (laughs) nights. Yep. Uh... All right, so let's react to... Yeah, let's get into it. We've been waiting for this show. We knew it was coming. We teased it last episode, and it's here. We've both watched all 10 episodes. It's Cobra Kai Season 2 on YouTube Originals. Now, this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this show, because people have to know about Cobra Kai. Yes. Because everyone who's watched it that I know... Loves it. Loves it. I don't know anybody that watched it and they were disappointed in it. And we're talking about season one now. No one yeah. I know was like, eh, it didn't work. Everyone's like, dude, I loved it. Everybody. It's, uh, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. It's incredible, right? Yes. It's incredible. I mean, we're talking season one still. It's incredible. Let's not, are we, are we talking about season two yet or where are we going here? Do we uh, want to get into season two? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Everyone knows season one was incredible. I heard it was one of the most watched uh, streaming shows of all times, as much or more as Stranger Things. Wow. So, and it put YouTube Red on the map. I think we actually have talked about season one before. We have. Okay. We have. So now you and I have just finished season two I in finished less than it. a week. I finished, I did everything last night and this morning. Okay. All 10 episodes straight on through, except for a little break to sleep. Because <laughs> I was like, I need to sleep. Yeah. Uh, for for me, it's. I mean, should we just say right now, it's a one hundred percent binge. Oh, it's one hundred percent binge. However, I don't think it is as good as season one. Okay, disagree. Okay, really. Okay, but you know, this season, I think the difference is they made it more about the kids than about Johnny and uh, Daniel. Yes, it was way more focused on the kids. Absolutely. But then you had the whole thing with. Well, actually, I don't want to spoil who comes back for season two, although they they sort of set it up at the end of season one. Here's the thing, though. How can we... Half the show is this guy that came back. Okay, and fine. We, we got to get into it. Okay, if you haven't seen season two and you have no idea what it's about or you what happened... haven't seen season one. Season one, sorry. If you haven't seen the last episode of season one, uh, season two, Crease comes back. Yep, Sensei Crease. The original, the founder of Cobra Kai, Johnny Lawrence's old sensei, the one who tried to choke him to death in The Karate Kid, he comes back and he wants to redeem himself. That scene takes place during the opening of The Karate Kid Part 2. That we probably won't go any further with. Right. But uh, he's in, I think, every episode. Pretty much, yeah. He's great. He's a great addition to the season, absolutely. I mean, I I don't think the the story would progress as much without him in it. He's definitely the main antagonist. But when you think about it, it it is focused on the kids. So much is is revolving around the children on this show. Except for the, uh, the younger son of Daniel LaRusso, who isn't in it at all except for the last episode because apparently he was at summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> and he must like, have a really high rate or something. Yeah, right. His, rate, his rate's out of control, so they're going to do one episode with him. Because I'm going, where is this kid? Then at the end he goes, oh, I was at camp. I'm like, fine. They just didn't want to focus on <laughs> He's him. the AJ Soprano of, uh, maybe he'll come in like season six. He'll be important. Right. We finally get his uh, gi going. <laughs> um, but one more important addition uh, Tori, who joins Cobra Kai 
Yes. Uh, great addition. Great addition. She's the villainess, I would say. Yeah. And, and so you get, uh, well, because Daniel's daughter now is in uh, the Miyagi Dojo. Right. And so they kind of balanced it out with a new girl to joining play Cobra off, Kai. Uh, yeah. And, and, um, and between the four of them, there's a ton of conflict, and it's you know gender appropriate, so it's it's pretty good. It is, it is. I have to say this though. This show is cheesy as all get out, man. It is so? a it is a cheesy show. It really is. Now I say that loving it. I I I, I enjoy the cheese in it. I'm not saying oh my god, but I mean, you go. You have to go in knowing it's going to be cheesy. I think that's what works in its favor, but I don't think you should think like, oh man, this is like some hard hitting drama. I mean, it's not. It's, I mean, my God, it's about the Karate Kid. So it already has that inherent level of cheese, but the production itself, some of the stuff, the dialogue, even some of the acting, it's cheesy. It is. I, you know. It's less cheesy than the original Karate Kid movie. It is less cheesy than the original movie. You know what? Also, uh, I didn't think they were going to do this, but. Season two definitely acknowledges Karate Kid three, which I didn't think they were gonna do, which surprised me. And where was that? That was not not the little drum thing. No, that's from Karate Kid two. He acknowledges Karate Kid three when Daniel admits that he once joined Cobra Kai, and I'm like, he never joined Cobra Kai. And then they cut to scenes from Karate Kid three, and like, oh, that's right, I've forgotten about how that movie works. So they do incorporate a very small part of Karate Kid 3 in this. Okay, one of my favorite parts that I thought was like kind of chilling, almost as much as when uh, Miguel comes out in episode 3 of season 1 with the skeleton suit on, Mm -hmm. uh, was when Miguel goes through Johnny's closet and he goes, hey, can I borrow this coat? And fast forward, he's at the roller rink wearing the red leather jacket, the Cobra Kai jacket from Karate Kid, the first one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. This show really pays, I don't want to say pay tribute, but it uses every element of the original movies to the best effect. I mean, it's like the people that make this, they really watch the originals over and over, and they really know it. Now, that's the thing. Something happens, and I don't want to give a spoiler, but my all-time favorite line in the original movie is get him a body bag. Everyone knows it. And something happens in this, and I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this. I don't want to give it away, but it is almost so on the nose that I was like, you got to be kidding me. There is a get him a body bag reference that I saw coming, and then I kind of forgot about, and then the episode ended, and I was like, wow. I mean, you either, either get it or you don't, but I mean, I thought it was like, it was almost too on the nose for me, and you I know, know exactly what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and without getting you know too much further in it, there's a lot of cameos from the original movie cast, yeah, which is really cool too. Right, but I feel like now just so just for the record, yesterday this got picked up for season three. The, two or how many days after it came out? Five days after. It came not out? E- I'm not even five days. It came out on what Wednesday? No, wait, Friday. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Six days. Six days. Well, Already. Why, why wouldn't it? Right. I know. Why wouldn't? What else they got? That's the only reason that I have. YouTube premium or whatever it's called now. Only right. reason. But they are they are playing up the return of a major character that has not been on the show yet. That I'm not we're not gonna give away here, but it's all built up to another character coming back. Whether they will get this person to come back, probably. I mean, what else yeah. is this person doing right now? They got a big checkbook right now. Yeah. Right. So they go, Hey, we can get so and so to come back for season three and that'll really be exciting. Yeah. Well they literally have Google money. 
So whatever that person's price is, they'll... Oh, they can match this person's price. Yeah. Also, the ending, and without giving any... I can't... We have to see... Without giving anything away. Without giving anything away. I know. I'm sorry. We, we don't want to spoil it for you. But there's a gigantic fight at the end that is so insane and over the top that happens... I'm just kidding. It happens in the high school. Mm-hmm. And it is 11 minutes long. And you're like, are there any teachers... In this school, I mean, like, there's well, like they address that they 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 uh, come. I mean, did you ever see a fight in school? Within thirty seconds, there's some teacher to put it down. They get eleven minutes of full on brawl in this high school. Yeah, well, and there would probably be a cop on this. I mean, every school has a cop floating around. I yeah, think. yeah. You would also think, well, with the things we are now in high schools and all the dangers of gun violence, you think there'd be a lot more security in this school than there is. Yeah. It's almost like this show was made in the 80s. Yeah, I could see that. They gave them a lot of room to, uh, I mean, they covered a lot of ground, too, in the school from one side of it to the other. They were. Oh, yeah. It's a full on battle. Yeah. It's a full on battle in a high school, which is, I mean, it was very entertaining, but it's crazy. Okay. I bought it. Okay. I know. I know. I'm, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just saying, like, go in knowing, mm, okay. You know, extra cheese on this. But even with that said, it's so entertaining. I mean, I burned right through it. I was, it's never, the show never gets boring. No. I'm never bored with the show. No. Even when it's like, I don't know about this story. It doesn't matter. It keeps moving. They're quick episodes. They're, you know, 10 half hours. And it's a highly entertaining, involving show that's, you know, for what it is, it's great. And it's definitely a binge. Yeah, binge for sure. Uh, Cobra Kai on YouTube. It used to be called YouTube Red. They've rebranded it as YouTube, YouTube Origin- Originals. Yeah, so it's, what is it, 10 bucks a month or something? Something like that. So, I mean, find somebody that has that and just log in. Breaking news. This fall, Cobra Kai will be available on YouTube for free with ads. But start with season one. You can't watch season two without season one. You'll be lost. For sure. Um, okay, so Cobra Kai, binge. Uh, now, what about us? Because you've never, a lot of people wonder, a lot of people have unanswered questions about Demo. Who is Demo? The mystery. The mystery man. Who does he think he is? He doesn't know. Why don't you tell us? Now, you're a stand-up comedian. Yes, I do stand-up. I've been doing stand-up for, I just did the math, 14 years. Wow. Which is why I have a podcast now, because after 14 years, you're like, well, I guess I have to do a podcast. Yep. And then next year, you're going to take headshots. Yep. And then uh, by then, you'll be getting Social Security, so. I'm already getting Social Security. (laughs) Um, Demo's a great comedian, but you write a lot as well. I do. I do. I mean, I love love monologue jokes. I love one-liners. I like uh, like all kinds of comedy. I'm not like, this is my one thing. Um, Yeah, I'm open to all kinds of, all kinds of comedy. I've always enjoyed it. You're a true humorist. Sure. Uh, we'll see Demo's uh, name in the writing credits of Conan or something. Sometime. Pretty soon, I Somewhere. Think. But it, it actually, just people want, who am I? Uh, my real name is Paul Demetropolis, if anyone's curious. And that's where Demo comes from, from my last name, Demetropolis. But no one calls me that. So it's Demo, and um, I won't answer to anything else. And you're from? Rochester, New York. Been in L.A. for? 23. Three years. Wow. Yeah. That Too was long. before Uber. I don't know how you even made I even, it. Though. Yeah, I had to use. I, I'm a Thomas Guide child. Wow. When I got here, I had to have the Thomas Guide. You know, look everything up where to go. 
So yeah, this is fascinating for our listening audience. I know right now. Sag but, card, sag member, sag member since '97. Wow. Pay those dues so I can get the screeners at the end of the year. Yeah. Speaking of my dues are due, you just reminded me of that. Thank you. Um, all right, so that's Demo. My name's Joe Taylor. My story is very similar. I've only been in LA for about five years, four and a half years. You're less a failure than me. Well, time, you know, I'll catch Give up. Give it time. I'll catch up. I also do stand up and write and uh, hope to be writing uh, for a living. Uh, somebody told me, you know, I did that stand up show on Wednesday. Somebody told me they thought I had a late night feel, oh. which I don't, I don't know what that means. It might've been a proposition, but I took it like, um, the future is bright. Excellent. So, I uh, would take it up as a proposition. I mean, I'd love to yeah. someone to me have a late night feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be both. Sure. Uh, I moved here from Washington state. Uh, love it down here. Things are good. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> In-depth, in-depth yeah. coverage on yourself, Joseph. Yep. Good enough. We're only bringing this up because uh, we want to cover some stand-up specials uh, that have hit Netflix recently. Everyone's got one. There is like one or two every week. Uh, we wanted to get two that have recently crossed our paths. And the first one we're going to start with is Anthony Jeselnik's brand new one called Fire in the Maternity Ward. It just came out a few days ago. And uh, Joseph, you saw it? Yeah, um, I did see it, and it's very Anthony Jeselnik. Exactly. Here's the thing about Anthony Jeselnik. You know what you're getting. He's not going to do anything crazy. You, you, know, you know what he is. So you're either on the Jeselnik train at this point or you're not. If you are on it, you know what you're getting, and it's basically one-liners that have nothing to do with him. It's all, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. His jokes are all bullshit. But mm-hmm. at the same time, his jokes allow him to truly express the persona he's trying to get across. I mean, he has such a clear-cut, dickbag, arrogant persona that's clearly not him. Any interviews, you go, the guy seems like a nice guy, and he knows what he's doing. But his one-liners are a vehicle to get across this pompous, self-referential persona He's always talking about how his jokes worked or didn't work right in the middle of his set, how funny he is, how funny he isn't, why you should be laughing at that joke. Now, if you like that, great. If you don't, you, this guy's not for you. He's not a people's comic. He could play to an empty room and his act would not change. Oh, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't care if there's anyone there or not. Well, does he need anybody there? I mean, it's like, you no. know, he's not going to like, oh, here's where I do crowd work. There's no crowd work coming out of him. No. Now... I was at work the other day and I wanted to play it in the background and I asked four different people if they knew who he was. They had no, never heard of him. Never heard of Anthony Jeselnik. These are people that work in show business, sort of. Yes, show business adjacent. And they had no idea who he was. So I played uh, the second half of the show because I was trying to kill two birds by working and then watching stuff for yeah, this podcast. Trying to make money while you work. I yeah, love exactly. It. And uh, so we did like the last half an hour and they liked it. They liked it. They, were they like, weren't oh. offended. No, they were. They were. They were guys. They were uh, guys. Yeah. I could see how some people could be offended. I. I don't know. I mean, he's he he could offend. He did a whole thing on dropping babies, which could offend some people, and murder suicide. There's a whole bit on murder suicide in this, but I I guess I'm not offended by it because I know how he works, and I know it's all from a place of just. Complete horseshit, really. He's like he's like Gilbert Gottfried in that when some when some national tragedy happens, 
he goes straight to Twitter to make an insensitive joke because he thinks that that helps. Somehow. Sure. He's the too soon comic. Yeah. And, and I don't think he does it from a bad place. I think he is actually trying to help in a weird, misguided way. Possibly. I think he's just trying to get attention with like a, you know, a shocking tweet. But I know, you Could know, be. it's coming. Could be. Something yeah. terrible happened and it's like four, three, two, one, Jesselnik tweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, have you ever done a show with him? Uh, I don't think so. I've seen him live numerous times. Yeah. And he, uh, in this special, he does an extended bit about taking his friend to get an abortion. Yeah. I saw him do it live. And I've seen how he's, how he's added to it by the time he recorded the show. Yeah. But. He's very calculated. There, there's not, I mean, he doesn't riff at all. Oh, there's, there's no riff. It's a monologue. It's a drama kid doing a monologue. Yeah. But he's an incredible writer. He's a fantastic joke writer. He took classes where I took classes. So, uh, I mean, I he know. Taught, we, he taught classes or he took classes? He took, he took the class. When I started doing stand-up, I took a class. Now, I know, don't take a class. Just get up on stage. Some of us took classes, okay? Example, Anthony Jeselnik took a class. Now, he, what kind of grades did he get and what kind of grades did you get? I got Fs. Yeah. And I he, got, he got all A's. Yeah. That's, how, that's how it goes. No, he wasn't in my class. But he I took see. the same class as me. He took I'm gonna I'm gonna get a plug in for Greg Dean, Greg Dean's comedy class. There you go, Greg. At the Improv, right? Uh, you do a uh, a showcase at, uh, at in the Belly Room. I think maybe he does a, a showcase now at the, in the Improv Lab. Well, I saw you at the Improv Lab. Right, but that wasn't Greg Dean. Oh, that was something else. Okay, that was Tom Clark. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Anyway, Jesselnick uh, learned his joke writing technique from Greg Dean. And I, I give props to him because Jesselnik's joke writing, that's what he's all about. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic one-liner joke writer. He's the best yeah. working right now as far as the one-liners go, in my opinion. He's, he's, he's a slow-talking Rodney Dangerfield. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I'll so take- you're either into that or you're not. You know, So no going in if you're going to watch this. That's what you're getting. Now, I'll say uh, something really good about him. The thoughts and prayers special, his last special, he does he does the exact same thing he does in this one. He's just really offensive, too much, too soon type of stuff. But the third act, let's call it, of the special, he goes to a different place and he starts talking about um, Comedy Central and how he was tweeting stuff as he does, and Comedy Central was going to pull the plug on his show, and so he had to decide between all of the crew and the camera guys and the whatever, is he going to put them out of a job for a tweet? And so he, he, he didn't do it. And he, he had to, uh, he goes into it and it really meant a lot to him. I think like to learn what the consequences are for other people when you get to a certain place. And it was, it was very heartfelt and very interesting. That was kind of how he ended, uh, that thoughts and prayers special. So I'd go back and watch that one too. All right. I did just see him live uh, a month ago. And he was trying all new stuff. He does a bit about him uh, performing at a prison and what a nightmare it was. And he said, I have to do it because I've just spent all my jokes and everything on my special. And I don't want, I have to do all new stuff. So if this is terrible tonight, that's why. Hmm. And then he proceeded to be great. But he was just doing one long bit about performing at a prison and how awful it was. See, that's weird because guys that write that much... It, it seems like they have to go out and try the material and 
develop the material in in the comedy club a lot less than somebody like Bill Burr who just kind of rants. I mean, this guy, he's writing a monologue for himself. I think he knows if it's going to work before he goes out there to some degree. Possibly. I mean, I think he has to go um, work on his act. Like, you know, you saw that Seinfeld special or documentary where he went and wrote a whole act on stage over six months or something yeah, without knowing what he was going to do. I think Jesselneck shows up with his act and does it a few times and pulls out maybe a couple of things, but uh, he's not just going up there to free form. I think. No, definitely not free forming, but I mean, he had it. He had, when, when I saw him live, he had it planned out, but it was all new. And he was like, I don't know. You got a notebook. He did not have a notebook. Well, that's interesting. He did okay. not have. He, I don't believe he had a notebook. Okay. All right. Uh, so binge or purge? I like Jesselnick. It's a binge for me. Yeah, it's a binge for me too, and it's really not that dirty. It's just dark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's if you're easily offended, you're easily offended. Yeah. Don't leave your house. Yeah. Okay. So let's contrast that with one that I watched. Uh, Nate Bargatze, uh, his special. The Tennessee Kid. The Tennessee Kid. This guy works totally clean. Totally clean. And is from the South. He appeals to... So I, I picture Jeselnik as an L.A. and New York guy. I don't remember where he started. I guess he started in L.A., right? I think so. Um, Bargatze had to have started in Tulsa, Oklahoma or something because he's so Midwestern and laid back and kind of aw shucksy. Uh, but his jokes are, I, I mean, probably on the same level. I mean, they're very smart. He does a little more storytelling. He's much more of a storyteller, and he's not a one-liner kind of guy. But within his stories, there's just jokes, jokes, jokes. Yeah, yeah it's not like, let me tell you something funny that happened. It's a, The story is a context for punchlines. Right. Uh, I loved it. I thought it's it was great. so good. I recommended it to my parents and everybody. It's like anyone can watch anyone it. Anyone can watch it. This is, there's nothing offensive in his hour performance at all. Yeah. It's really good. You know, towards the end, he started referencing his previous special, which I, I'll be honest, I had not heard of this guy until he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast a couple of weeks ago. And so I was like, oh, what? And that got me kind of turned on to him. So I watched his special. I had not heard of him. I don't think he's around L.A. very much. Have you ever run into him? I've seen him live. Okay. Yeah. At the Comedy Store or something? Uh, the um, Super Serious Show. Oh, okay. So he, so I guess he's around. Um, he's probably older than the crowd that we run with. Yeah, but, I mean, he's a fantastic comedian. He really is. Yeah. And I, I see him getting better and better. I've like I'd seen him maybe twice, I think. And... um. I always liked him, and now it's this special is great. Yeah, I absolute binge. Um, between the two of them, Bargatze's on one side of the spectrum, which is Brian Regan and him, and that's about it. Maybe Jeff Foxworthy and Bill Engvall. Uh, he he's sort of like a hip. Uh, I mean, he could have gone. On... I don't want. I don't want to portray him as kind of a hick, though. He's... No, 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 no. Sorry, I said hip. Hip. I I know, but I think like I don't want to like Jeff Jeff Foxworthy. He's not a blue collar. He's not a blue collar comedy guy. No, you're right. I mean, he borderlines hipster. He, yeah, he's a southern hipster a little bit. Southern, yeah. He's, he's got a little bit of a Theo Vaughn thing going, which I think is why they get along. Um, I, I don't know. I just really liked it. I, I like that he um, appeals to a certain part of the country that doesn't want all the nasty stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, he's good, clean. He's good, clean, fun. But not not like, oh, he's clean. I know Sipio like can be turned off by, oh, he's funny. Yeah. He just doesn't swear or get into like really, you know, dark he's stuff. He's still suggestive and stuff, but he's not, he's not filthy. So both Anthony Jeselnik's new special, Fire in the Maternity Ward, and Nate Bargatze's The Tennessee Kid are definite binges from us. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just know what you're getting into. Um, Bargatze is, is PG-13, and Jeselnik's a hard R. Yeah. Okay, so our podcast has been growing, and we thank everyone for that. We have a sponsor this episode. It is not a generic thing that we made up. It is a website where you can buy prescription glasses complete for $59. It's www.iways.com, E-Y-E-W-A-Y-S, iways.com. Now, you can go online and buy uh, some really cheap prescription glasses. Uh, They show up. They're usually not the right prescription. There's a lot of variability. They're cheap frames. Um, Iways offers very high quality product. I've worn them. I've got some. Uh, they're well done. The, uh, they're dispensed by an optician. Uh, they're made, the lenses are made right here in Los Angeles and $59 for the kind of glasses that I wear. What kind of glasses do you have progressives or do you have uh... I need progressives. Okay. But you got single vision right now. Yeah. Okay. So 59 bucks. You know how much these cost me back when I got these glasses? How much? $350. Yeah. See, so go online. I mean, there's, there's other websites that sell inferior products for less. There's an, a big website right now. I won't say the name of it, but it rhymes with Poor B. Warker. Uh, these are better glasses, and they're fashionable enough. You know, they're not, uh, they're not Ray-Bans. They're not Tom Fords, but they're $59. Come on, with free shipping. So go to iways.com, try it out. Use promo code BOP, and you'll get $5 off your order. Now, if you want to add stuff to them, you can. You can get transition lenses, high index if you have a high prescription. And then things go, you know, they'll go up a little bit in price. But 59 bucks for most people, free delivery, not bad. Use promo code BOP, as in binge or purge. Get $5 off. You're welcome, America. And that was a legit ad right there. It's a real company. I can't believe it. Not funny, but, yeah, you know, a real ad. A real ad. So there you go. Um, up next, we've got a Netflix show. There's six episodes. Netflix original, six episodes. It's called, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. It's a sketch comedy show. Now, Tim Robinson was on Saturday Night Live. And I just want to preface this by saying I watched the first couple episodes with a bad attitude because I had confused him with, um, the Tim from Tim and Eric. Okay. who I think are creatively bankrupt and must have won the lottery because they're not funny. I'm not familiar with Tim and Eric. Good. Um, so I thought this was that guy. I forgot that this was the guy from Saturday Night Live who's actually very funny and was a writer on the show for how long? In 2012, he started as a featured player on SNL before leaving performing to focus on working as a staff writer for the show. Great. So there's a lot of other SNL writers on it. Who else is involved with it? Uh, Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island guys, they're executive producing. Jorma Tacone and Akiva Schaefer. Yep. Are the other two guys. Yep. And you know where they named their group, the Lonely Island? Mm. They lived in this apartment building in the little wedge in Culver City. 
Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, they lived they lived in that, and they always referred to their apartment as the Lonely Island. Ah, so there you go. But what, a, what a strange! I thought that was a business and not a a uh, an apartment for living. Well, this was probably twenty years ago. Okay, but it was it was some one of those little wedge corners down right. there. Right, it's all crazy down in Culver City. I can't get. I I I work there, and I'm like I get lost every day, and I work there. I have, the streets are just goofy. Yeah, you're better off getting an Uber down to like uh, the freeway off ramp and just walking the rest of the way. Pretty if you, much. If you get anywhere around Sony. And there's so much construction now. I can't mm. even. Let's not let's not go there. No one gives a shit about no. the traffic in Culver City. No. Uh anyway, so the Lonely Island guys produced it. Who else is involved? Um what's her face and who's it? Vanessa Bayer. Yep. Fred Willard. Yep. Sandberg shows up. Will Forte. Oh, our friend and a great comedian, Matt Knudsen. Knudsen? Yeah, he's in it. He's great. He's he's he doesn't have a huge part in it, but he's... Uh... I didn't see the last two episodes. Okay, well, he... I went... only saw... The, there's six. I only saw the first four. He, put... he must be in one of those. Yeah, and he's good. Um... Did you notice one thing about this thing, this show? Because no one... Everyone I know online is raving at how much they love this show, how great it is. Not one of them has bothered to contact me about it, and even you... Even you, I'm a little upset about this. You didn't even notice this. What's that? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> okay. In the sketch, Honk If You're Horny, uh-huh. there's a moment where he's in like a, a boardroom and he's giving a presentation. And on the board is a picture of some like ridiculous TV show called Battle Demo Dogs. D-I-M-O. And no one has brought it. No one. No one's noticed. Noticed it except me. I'm the one. It's like, hey, there's my name. Everybody I know has watched it. No one's commented on it, and I'm hurt. I'm hurt by this. Okay. Well, I believe you. I'll go back and look because I might watch it again. I I thought the whole thing. I'm going on an airplane ride tomorrow, and uh, I might download it. The fourth one, the honk if you're horny skit. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Right there. It's and and if people are wondering what's a sketch show, it's a single camera SNL. It's just sketches. It's and, and it just goes from one to the next, but it's it's filmed differently than SNL. It's obviously not filmed live. Well, yeah. Um, but it's it's so funny. See, here's the thing. I didn't think it was funny. Are you serious? I'm serious. I think it's fine. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it, it kills like I need it to. At least not like and I know I'm in the minority here. I know everyone is raving about it. It's making me question myself. Seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. because I know, I know. Well, I've been doing that for a long time. I've been questioning that for a long time myself, but yeah. I didn't, it's not killing me. It's fine. I get it. I get some of the sketches are better than others, but nothing slayed me. Nothing was like, oh man, you're crushing it. I even tried with the Scrooge one where uh, the robot comes back from the super future. And you see that one? Yeah. And it was mildly laughable. But nothing has been killing me, and I feel like I'm losing my mind because everywhere I turn, it's like, oh, my God, I think you should leave. It's crushing. It's so great. And I feel like something's wrong with me, man. It's a little bit like uh, Nick Swardson's show, Pretend Time, where some of it just gets so weird. You're like, what, what am I watching? I'm okay with weird. I'm yeah. done with a problem with weird. It's just not funny for me. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you watch Saturday Night Live still? Every week. Okay, is it funnier or less funny than SNL? 
It's about this. Uh, I think it's less funny than SNL. I know, but SNL. It's a. T- I know. I know. Criticism. I know. It's a tough criticism because everybody thinks SNL isn't funny, and I get that. I just it didn't it didn't work for me. I know. I know. I'm wrong. Okay. I know that I am wrong. Well, I am not. I'm not <laughs> pretending that like oh I know. I'm just saying for me, it just didn't crush like it should. Uh, let me suggest this: finish episodes five and six because it gets increasingly better all right right. throughout and and plus it's six 25 minute episodes right i know i know i mean i know what it is it's easy to watch it's not it's not a commitment i'm just i kept waiting and waiting and i just kept wanting it to be so funny and it just isn't but i will watch the remaining two and get back to you and you know Give my mea culpa next week, right okay. after I've watched. Hey, I'll come back, and if I think that the remaining two 20-minute episodes completely change my opinion on it, I will gladly share it with you and the audience. Okay. But as it stands right now, one through four, don't kill it for me. They're okay. fine. They're not bad. But I expected more based on what I'm reading online about how great this show is. And I know, obviously, you loved it. So I'm so- in the wrong here. So for me, and, and we'll let you make the final decision because you brought it up, uh, temporarily, until you reach said final decision, I think it's a binge. Hey, it's a binge for you. It's a purge for me. But you're not done. You I'm not your done. You final, final verdict. It's a purr. Okay. All right. So, it, it, but it's, uh, it's definitely something different. It's something Netflix has never done. Yeah. I mean, hey. The thing is, it's not. A, it's like I said. You can you can knock them out. They're twenty minutes long and they go fast. I'm just yeah. saying that it was hyped up to me to be this great new sketch show, and I found it to be mediocre. I would love to write for a show like that. That's I think why why I moved here. Yeah, from the forest, from the woods. Yeah, from that's Gonzaga. I, that's why I came out. That's why I uh, came out of the woods. Well, then this is your bag of, your bag of tricks, man. But I feel man. like you want the same thing. I do. I do. My, I, I like more uh, news of the day, of the moment stuff. I mean, everything written in these sketches is all evergreen. And I like more, you know, disposable, you know, in the moment jokes. That's okay. just me. Okay. That's just me. Let's tell people how they can reach out to us. Facebook.com slash binge or purge. What else? We are at binge or purge on Twitter. Yep. And binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We would love to hear your recommendations. What did you think of our recommendations? Uh, How are you doing? You know, just send us a, send us a message. We would love it if you went into the iTunes podcast store and gave us a review and or uh, some stars, any amount of stars, really. One, two. Just let us three, know you listened. Four would be good. How about five? Can we do five? They can. And th- then, hey, five stars. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Do, do it. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, so check us out in all those different places. You know, the social media stuff. We're trying to get the word out that uh, there's no reason to scroll aimlessly through your streaming services anymore. Spend, uh, you know, 32 minutes with us and your TV watching for the month will be much richer. Yes, absolutely. And we'll have more shows for you next week. This has been Demo and Joe Taylor for Binge or Purge. Goodbye.